the CFL first power rankings of the year. Number one, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Number two, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I don't know how you could argue that. They've met in the Grey Cup the last two years. Why would you expect that to change? Number three, Tarana Argonauts. Number four, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I'm not sure even I have them the second best team in the West Division, but the writers do. Number five, the Montreal Alouette. Number six, the Calgary Stampeders. All I have to say about that is they'll do their talking on the field. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday. Throwback Thursday. Happy final day of March. And welcome to the Rod Peterson Show. You are watching on the Game Plus TV network. Uh, We're live streaming on YouTube. Tell your friends. I just put a little shout out there to our YouTube viewers already. Check in. Tell us where you're watching from today and what's on your mind. And as always, we're streaming Sports Talk 24-7 at rodpeterson.com slash listen live. we got a very big show for you today. And to help us all out with this, let's bring in Darren the Moose DuPont, who joins us from the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. What do you know today, Moose? Hey, it's a beautiful day. Sun's shining. It's not South Florida beautiful, but, you know, things are turning around, so it's great. You know, I had uh, people will remember this name, a lot of folks, Jeff Courier the guy that I replaced as voice of the writers. Well, there was a guy for one year in between, but Jeff Courier, originally from Ottawa, uh, was the voice of the writers for 12 seasons. Then he went to Winnipeg and retired there. And he used to often say, what is it about this part of the world? He's talking about the rectangle. Where you you guys always say, we survived another winter. Ah. (laughs) Because in my mind, it, it just popped into my head. We survived another winter. And Jeff's thing was always, life's to be enjoyed, not endured, (laughs) you know? But hey, (laughs) here we all are, and spring has sprung, and it's a wonderful day. So coming up on the program today, yeah, go ahead, yes? Well, it's like, you know, I went to Phoenix, we went to LA, we went to Calgary, we survived the winter that way, right? That's the best way to go about it. Coming up on today's show, from the Nashville Predators television broadcast, Lindsay Rowley because we don't talk enough Predators. I remember the last time we did, and it's been at least a year. We had all those people from the U.S. South that were watching on Game Plus TV right in. Remember that Biloxi Beach, Mississippi, and Arkansas? And I'm like, you guys actually cheer for the Preds down there? You watch hockey? That's cool. So Lindsey Rowley will be with us from uh, Predators TV. And then from Dallas Stars Television, Bally Sports, Texas, Brian Ray's going to be with us. He's in hour two. Lindsey Rowley's in hour one. So it's a lot of hockey talk today, which the folks enjoy. And we're going to mix in some football, too. If you don't mind, can we hit the uh, quick six? Horn, please, Director Jordan. Let's go. I was actually, actually going to wear my Buccaneers shirt today, but that I had to go down to the Intercoastal and shoot some videos today. I mean, you're going to see some videos coming up on the program today of what I shot, but also for the recovery hour our show about recovery. So I didn't wear the buck shirt for that. I'm like, I'm feeling very orangey today and very uh, Florida-wise. So I'm not wearing my Buccaneers shirt, but that doesn't mean they're not in the news. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a new head coach, former defensive coordinator Todd Bowles. And when we say former, we mean yesterday he was the defensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He assumed the top job after Bruce Arians retired for a front office role with the team, Arians, who will turn 70 this year, was 31-18 and 18 all-time for the Buccaneers, winning a Super Bowl, of course, in the 2020 campaign. Tom Brady's first with the club. 
My initial thoughts on this was not a surprise at all when it came across my notifications that Bruce Arians was retiring. I'm a, I'm a little annoyed because then I got another notification this morning from The Athletic that says surprising retirement in the NFL. What's surprising about this? He's going to be 70 this year. He left the Arizona Cardinals to enter retirement. He's a two-time cancer survivor. And the Buccaneers cajoled him out of retirement to come take over the Bucs. I don't think he initially wanted to. And then he leads them to a Super Bowl. They're saying the greatest Buccaneers team ever was 2020. And now he's tired. He's old. He wants to shut her down. And if you saw the comments from Bruce Arians, he was like, I'm leaving the team in good hands. I'm leaving it with Todd Bowles, the new head coach in good hands. Tom Brady's coming back. We're at a high. This might be the best Buccaneers team ever. See you later. And I just get tired of the fake news, the opinions that really don't mean anything. I say, good on you, Bruce Arians. He's had a hell of an NFL career. He's been coaching since the 60s. Let the man retire. That's my take on Bruce Arians' retirement. And he's having a news conference in 55 minutes over on the Gulf Coast side of Florida. We won't be watching it. We'll be on the air, but uh, we'll certainly hear about it. So great career, Bruce Arians. Happy retirement. Yeah, the speculation's gone rampant. And, you know, people I've talked to, the first thought was this was Tom Brady. He didn't want to play for Bruce Arians after he was, you know, hitting the kicker in the helmet or the player in the helmet and how he treated Antonio Brown on the way out the door. But then you see Tom Brady's response and, and his heartfelt, you know, thank you to Bruce and happy retirement post on Instagram. And you think, no, there's, there's just no way. You know, and then you have other people who come and say, well, this is going to further fuel the, uh, the Tom Brady to Miami rumors. You know, uh, without Bruce Arians there, he's going to want to leave now. But, you know, when you think about it, it it's about the culture of the team. And, and Tom Brady coming back, the culture is going to be fine. Todd Bowles was calling the defense anyway. And, you know, for Tom's comfort level, it's probably more important that he's got Brian Leftwich there you know, helping to execute and architect the offense. So I'm with you. I like that we've got a little bit of clarity this morning that we can just wish Bruce Arians a happy retirement. Sometime it, sometimes it is face value. Probably rarely it's face value, but in this incident, I, I think that it was. To point to the NHL and the Wednesday night leftovers, Andrew Kopp scored 134 into overtime, and the New York Rangers extended their win streak to four games by beating Detroit 5-4. I watched it on the NHL Network and very much enjoyed it. That's where Paul Bissonnette is hanging out these days and Rick Toggett, in case you didn't know. In Buffalo, Blake Wheeler had a goal in regulation and scored the shootout winner. Connor Hellebuck made 35 saves in Winnipeg, beat Buffalo 3-2 for their third straight win. I don't know if you saw the shootout winner by Blake Wheeler, but I almost threw my coffee this morning at the TV. This is a joke. Stop it. You saw he slowed right down. It's impossible for the goalies to stop, but you know my opinion on that. I, forget about talking about rule changes or that. Let, let's talk about that and how... Is there any way to stop the skater coming in and dilly-dallying forever? Because if somebody said, you put a timer on it, that wouldn't help because it doesn't actually take that long. But that's not a deke. That's stupid. He basically stopped. Are you okay with the current NHL shootout rules? Because I'm not. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just like everything does. It's gone too far. I thought it was cool when it was a one-off and that goalies would figure it out and poke check or whatever, but... Yeah, it's, it's probably a little bit too far. You're right. 
because players would just scream in and slow down. It wouldn't really, a shot clock wouldn't really help. And you no. just need to keep forward momentum. Technically, they do, but yeah, it looks a little silly now. In Edmonton, Neon, Leon, and Connor McJesus both scored in regulation, and then again in the shootout, lifting Edmonton over Los Angeles 4-3. Connor M. added an assist to get to 100 points for the fifth time in his career. Cody Cece also scored, and Miko Koskinen had 38 saves for the Oilers, who have won eight in a row at home. If only they didn't have to leave Rogers' place. Then it would all turn out nice again. How far are the orders going in the playoffs? I don't think they're getting out of round one. What do you think? Yeah, it's going to be awful tough. Really tough. I don't see any easy matchups. So you're saying they won't get out of round one, just to clarify. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Okay, that's what I'm asking. It's just, just, just asking. Jennifer from the Four Seasons is up. She says, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Jennifer. Why don't you tell us as the Resident Orders fan how far you think they're going to go? Because I don't think they're getting out of round one, as I said. Uh, Randy from the Peg writes that, and he says, uh, just curious why none of the so-called experts talk about McDavid as MVP. I think it's because everybody just knows he's the MVP. It's just, it's a foregone. Who else, who else are you going to give it to? Austin Matthews, who... Incidentally, we'll be here on Sunrise next Tuesday night. I'll get an eyeball of him myself for the first time. I can't remember if it's the first time I'm going to see him live or not. Doesn't matter. Leafs are going to be here next Tuesday. I'm looking forward to the game. In Seattle, Shea Theodore scored in the second period just moments after stepping out of the penalty box. And Logan Thompson made 23 saves for his first shutout of the season, leading Vegas over Seattle 3-0 in Climate Pledge Arena. In Glendale, Arizona, Jan Jenick scored twice, including the tiebreaker in a three-goal third period, and Arizona snapped a six-game slide, beating San Jose 5-2. I'm assuming, Moose, you saw the highlights of this one. Late in the game, Coyote star Clayton Keller crashed into the boards and was taken off the ice on a stretcher with an apparent leg injury. He's tweeted this morning, thank you for the thoughts and the prayers, and he'll be fine, but I'm surprised this doesn't happen more just at the high rate of speed these guys are going. You know what I mean? I like, wow. Nobody even touched him. And he went in and it looked maybe far worse than it was. And I'll just wind this up by saying Ryan O'Reilly had a goal and an assist in St. Louis beat Vancouver 4-3. to three. Moving on to point three, I mentioned the um, NHL Network, Kevin Weeks, who's come out of nowhere, is like the biggest and greatest insider in the NHL. If you've noticed, he's been... Outstanding yes. on, uh, you're, you can't not see what Kevin Weeks is doing. And he came out with his top five Vezina candidates. And if I can off the top of my head, there were Andre Vasilevsky, Tampa, Tristan Jury of Pittsburgh, Igor Shesterkin of the Rangers. Shoot, I got it on my phone. He had the top five, and I whittled it down to four, and it's our poll question today. Who do you people think? should win the Vezina Trophy as the NHL's top goaltender. As we all know, last year it was Marc-Andre Fleury who won it, and he's on his third team since then. Or second, but you know what I mean. So who might put... Oh, Freddie Anderson was in there for them, but in our poll, what did I say, Clark? Andre Vasilevsky, Tampa. Igor Shosturkin of the Rangers. Jacob Markstrom of the Flames. And I had a... 
Yeah, I had to say, what about Bob? Sergey Bobrovsky down here in Sunrise, Florida. Bob's your uncle, exactly. What about Bob? Bob? Bob's your uncle. Here's the thing. Sitting here uh, the other night at the game in Sunrise, I told you that my buddy Thad, I was sitting beside Thad, and he was quoting Steve Dangle. And I'm like, you were watching Steve Dangle? Listening to his podcast? And he's like, there's nothing else around here or down here. So for, more, for a couple of reasons, I put Sergey Borowski into our poll. Number one, he's pretty darn good. It's the best team in the NHL. For sure, the Eastern Conference, he's their goalie. But for number two, he just not, nobody's banging the drum for anything Florida Panthers related, for any awards in the NHL. So let's put Sergey Bobrovsky in there. Not surprisingly, he is not anywhere near the top of this poll. Uh, Igor Shosturkin of the Rangers is leading the last I saw on Twitter. Thoughts, Moose, on the NHL goalie of the year and who it should be? Yeah, probably Igor Shosturkin. I mean, he's the favorite. That's why he's getting all the votes. He's even getting a lot of consideration for the Hart Trophy as the MVP. He's probably the biggest reason why the Rangers are, you know, on your radar as a dark horse to win the Stanley Cup or to come out of the East. Um, he's really, you know, helped people forget, you know, about Henrik Lundqvist. So, you know, he's great. I love what Markstrom's done. I think Markstrom's got nine shutouts to lead all goaltenders. Unbelievable. Uh, nine shutouts for Jacob Markstrom. So I would really heavily consider him for the award. And Tristan Jari's had a really nice season. Those are my top three. Well, crazy thing is, it is a team award. I don't care what anybody says. It's a team award, just like the Coach of the Year is a team award. You know, I don't know if the, if the Rocket Richard Trophy for most goals is a team award per se. Austin Matthews is sitting on 49, but... It all comes down to how well you play defense. That's why I was always so upset with observers and fans of the Calgary Flames where they had a revolving door in the crease thinking, oh, we'll just get a good goalie and all will be fine. Why don't you help the guy out? You know, they finally got a goalie for the first time there since Mika Kiprasov and Jacob Markstrom, but... Oh, and by the way, Johnny Gaudreau leads the NHL in plus-minus. Uh... Daryl Sutter has, has put an onus on playing defense. Why, why do we got to do the thinking for everybody? It's not just an individual award is my point on that. You look like you want to say something. No, you're right. You're right. A lot of these are team awards. They really are, you know. Unless you get a goaltender who's putting up a wonderful save percentage on a bad team, meaning stopping a lot of pucks but taking a lot of shots. Um, it's, you're right, it's often a team award. There's personal bias involved in the voting, too. That's a fact, Jack. And John yeah. Massey uh, writing in, I called him out yesterday. Today he's come with a lot nicer approach, and he says, non-trolling question, Rod, does Michael Bunting deserve the Calder Trophy being 26 years of age? I don't think you got to worry about that because I don't think he is even the NHL's best rookie. So I don't think, you know, IP is going to be up for voting, right? Michael Bunting of your Leafs. I would vote personally for Tanner Janot. He's had an unbelievable season. But just based on odds, it's going to be one of those two kids out of uh, Detroit that will win it. But are you holding out any hope that Michael Bunting will be named the NHL Rookie of the Year? Yeah, and I haven't looked at the leading, the rookie scoring leaders, but he was up there, if not leading for a while. Um, he might still be leading the rookies in scoring, which is, you know, typically, you know, a really telling point yeah. as to who, the, you know, the voters will vote for. So if he leads in, in, in rookie scoring, he's probably going to get a lot of consideration from the voters for that. But 
it is a little weird because he's actually played in the league and he's 26 years old and we've seen him before. But I, I like those two kids in Detroit, too. They're fun to watch. One of those two will win. But as I said, if I had a vote, it would be for Tanner Janot. What do you know? The pride of Oxbow Sask. Uh, we'll take a timeout. We're, uh, we're like two points into the quick six, okay? So we got a lot to get to when we come back. And on the way, Lindsey Rowley of the Nashville Predators TV broadcast and Brian Ray of the Dallas Stars TV broadcast. We got some more football talk to you, so stick around. Moose, Moose, don't move. We'll be right back. You are watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network, YouTube live streaming, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.